With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can't-miss events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Pluma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, Right now, you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Welcome to Cavs HQ presented by Betway. Thank you for joining us on the Cleveland Cavaliers Radio Network. Now, here are your hosts, Tim Alcorn and Jim Jones. From the Cavaliers Radio Production Studios at Rocket Mortgage Fieldhouse in downtown Cleveland. Hi again, everybody. Welcome to Cavs HQ. Great to have you along as this Cavs season rolls along. Cavs now 9-6 and six with... Brooklyn tomorrow night and Golden State on Thursday. Jim, great to be with you. And, of course, uh, we'll start with the uh, not-so-good news that the Cavaliers announced earlier today. Uh, Evan Mobley, we're going to not see him again for about two to four weeks with that right elbow strain. Well, he's young. Uh, injuries happen. Right. And he'll recover. But until then, with the added depth the Cavaliers have, they're going to be competitive, but they're definitely going to miss that young man. Well, he has been superb through the first 15 games, no doubt about it. But we think we've got a uh, superb HQ show coming up. Cavaliers assistant coach Greg Buckner is going to stop by and pay us a visit. And a very special guest, Chris Carino. The radio play-by-play voice of the Brooklyn Nets now in his 21st year. Not only a great radio play-by-play guy, but, Jim, uh, an amazing personal story with Chris as well. Yes, it is. And uh, uh, that's something that I hope our fans don't don't miss because uh, Chris is really an inspiration to all of us. Boy, he sure is. So, again, we've got a busy and jam-packed show ahead, so stay with us. Again, Greg Buckner of the Cavaliers and Chris Carino of the Brooklyn Nets will be paying us a visit. We'll also take a look back at the last few games since our last HQ show. So stay with us. It's Cavs HQ presented by Betway. We've got a lot more to come on the Cleveland Cavaliers Radio Network. Left side, Rubio. Three. Good. Ricky Rubio. That's his second three ball of the night. Osmond three. There's another one from Jenny Osmond. Oh, we've seen this movie before. And we love the repeat. Right side, Jenny sets, shoots. Good on a three ball. Jenny Osmond hits the three. Osmond cross court to Rubio, steps back. Three. Good! As the buzzer went off. Ricky Rubio, nothing but net. 
Welcome back, Cavs HQ, presented by Betway on the Cavaliers Radio Network. Tim Elkhorn along with Jim Jones. And, of course, a huge thank you, as always, to the dynamic duo on the other side of the window, Marty Allen, Kurt McLaughlin. Boy, Jim Jones, it's been an interesting week for the Cavaliers since we last got together on a Cavs HQ show. Well, they've had some injuries, and uh, the guys are playing well. They're playing hard, and uh, the one thing that keeps sticking its ugly head up that most teams can't stand is the Cavaliers are defending. Yes. Their defense has stepped up to another level. Well, let's go back a few games. Uh, Last time we talked on Cavs HQ, the Cavs were getting ready for the Washington Wizards. Boy, Washington right now has the best record in the Eastern Conference. They came in here on Wednesday night, and boy, it was a great battle. It came right down to the wire, and uh, Washington came away with the victory, but the Cavs certainly had some bright moments during the game, including this bucket by Darius Garland. Garland just inside the half-four line, 40 seconds to go. The Cavaliers with a two-point lead. Yeah, they need a basket here. Garland in the center circle. Comes around Allen. Garland with a stutter step. Floats. Scores! Darius Garland with the floater right in the lane. Cavs by four. 93-89. The Wizards take time. Yeah, unfortunately, Jim, uh, Cavs couldn't hold on. And, boy, it was uh, Kyle Kuzma that really did the damage for the Wizards in that ballgame. Yeah, he was 6-for-9 from three-point range. And uh, Beal surprised us. At least he surprised me. They were going to foul Beal, as you and I found out later. Uh, They were going to foul him, send him to the line, and then we go to overtime if possible. Uh, But uh, this is what veterans do. Uh, He decided to go another direction. He hit Kuzma who had been hot all game from that short corner too, Tim. And uh, that baby hit dead center. I'll tell you what, though, that game against the Wizards, as the Cavs have all year long demonstrated, uh, they go toe-to-toe no matter who the opponent, no matter how well they're playing. And that was just a great ball game against two ball clubs that are playing very, very well. Yeah, you're exactly right. And what happens, the Cavaliers play the first three quarters as hard as they can and and do all the things that are contagious to winning so they can get to the fourth quarter. The fourth quarter in our league is closing time. And so far, they've won more games closing than they've lost because of their defensive efforts. Well, Friday night, the Cavs didn't need the big close because Detroit was in town. They're struggling. Uh, The Cavs, as they should have, and Jim, you said this during our pregame when Detroit was here, uh, the Cavs pretty much dominated the ball game, ended up winning by 20, 98-78. And during that game against the Pistons, it was the number one pick in the draft, Cade Cunningham, against the number three pick in the draft, Evan Mobley, of course, for the Cavaliers. And uh, Evan Mobley came up with a big ball game. Cavs with the ball, 83-60, to 60. Rubio behind his back, bounce underneath the Mobley, Mobley bobbled it, got it back, hooked it up, popped it home. Evan Mobley with 16. Cavalier lead back to 25 with 8.20 to go. Yeah, they pretty much dominated that ball game, but now you go on a back-to-back. Boston comes into town on Saturday night, and Jim, uh, through most of the night, it didn't look good including the Cavs being down 19 in that third quarter of play. Yeah, and it was all about their defense and their ability to come back, their ability to stay with what got you there, whatever got you to the dance, stay there. And that's what they did, uh, showing confidence in their system on both sides of the ball 
and some great combinations that uh, Coach JB was able to put on the floor. Yeah, Cavaliers rallied from that 19-point deficit. A couple of Darius Garland free throws with under 10 seconds to go. Put the Cavs into the lead, and so it came down to this final sequence. Smart gets it into Schroeder. Schroeder with six on the clock, being chased by Jetty. Schroeder on the right side. Schroeder to the baseline. Rainbows it up, no. Rebound! Grabbed by Mobley! Ball game! Cavaliers win! Cavaliers win 91-89. The Cavs rally from 19 down in the third quarter. And that, Jim, you could hear it was a playoff atmosphere-like win. That crowd got into it, and the Cavs did as well. That was a big celebration. Yeah, it was, as, as well it should be. This young Cavaliers, uh, the most amazing thing is this too, Tim, is that they've only played, what, 15 games? Right. And in 15 games, every game we've seen them do something different that was contagious to winning. And we saw them get better individually, playing with more confidence. And we've seen right from game one, we've seen a toughness that we didn't see last year. So Boston uh, had to stay in town because they were right back at Rocket Mortgage Fieldhouse last night. And this time the Celtics came away with the win, 98-92. It was a depleted Cavalier squad. Uh, Jared Allen was out with an illness. Uh, Evan Mobley wasn't able to go in the fourth quarter of play, of course, without love and without marketing. But, boy, we've seen it before. Ricky Rubio stepped up big for the Cavaliers. He had a 28-point ball game, including 26 in the second half of play. Another Ricky Rubio highlight. Rubio with five minutes to go, picked up by Horford. Rubio sidesteps Horford. Rubio with four on the clock, corner three. Good! Ricky Rubio! Oh, my! 84-81, Cavs within three. Ricky Rubio thinks he's back in Madison Square Garden. (laughs) He was having one of those nights, Jim. Unfortunately, uh, I think the Cavs just ran out of gas. As I said, they were depleted, but... Boy, they gave Boston all they could handle. Yeah, they did. And uh, surprise Boston. You know, Boston was playing very good ball as of recently. Uh, but these two games against the Cavaliers, they really struggled to score. You know, they had the luxury of having one, uh, having a five-time young all-star uh, Tatum there, uh, you know, to get the game, to get the job done and focus in on. But uh, we have to do it by committee. And committee really outplayed them until the final five or six minutes of that game. Yeah, fun game last night. And, of course, uh, the schedule never rests. Brooklyn tomorrow night, Golden State here at Rocket Mortgage Fieldhouse on Thursday night. So plenty of Cavs basketball coming your way this week. We're going to take a quick timeout. When we come back, Cavs assistant coach Greg Buckner is going to stop by and pay us a visit and talk about this Cavalier team in the season so far. It'll be interesting to get the comments from Buck, as they call them. So stay with us. Cavs HQ, presented by Betway, coming your way on the Cavaliers Radio Network. Jared Allen hands it right back to Ricky Rubio, running the lane, alley-oop, Allen, pow! Oh, that is just exquisite to watch. Garland in the forecourt with two. Long three. Good at the buzzer. Darius Garland hit that one from Sheffield. Tatum into the forecourt on Valentine. Shot blocked. Shot blocked by Mobley from behind. 
Welcome back, Cavs HQ, presented by Betway on the Cavaliers Radio Network. Great to have you with us. And we are thrilled to be joined by Cavalier assistant coach Greg Buckner, who stops by to pay us a visit on this Tuesday night. Of course, the Cavs tomorrow night will be in Brooklyn to take on the Nets and then right back here at Rocket Mortgage Fieldhouse on Thursday as the Golden State Warriors come to town. Ironically, Brooklyn and Golden State play each other tonight. So uh, Brooklyn will be on a back-to-back tomorrow night when the Cavs are in town. Buck, as always, uh, great to talk to you. We really appreciate you stopping by. And uh, let's start with the the not-so-good news. Uh, Cavs announced earlier today uh, Evan Mobley uh, will be out for about two to four weeks with that sprain. And yet uh, JB and the staff and everybody in this organization has had the mantra, next guy up. So uh, it'll be tough without the great rookie. But uh, so far, the Cavs have battled through adversity this year. Yeah, well, first of all, thanks for having me. And uh, you're exactly right. Uh, guys are really battled. Guys are really stepped up who may not have been in the rotation early in the year. And when they get their chance, they, you know, are ready to play and, and play well, to be honest with you, and, and find ways to help us win games. And that's been a good thing for us. And I think that's why we're in the position we are now because, you know, Kobe put a really good group together, good people first. And then basketball players, I think, secondly. And these guys are selfless. And when you got a group of selfless kids, out there and playing the right way and playing for one thing, you're going to win a lot of games. Coach, uh, I've seen you uh, work uh, young Mobley out uh, Mm -hmm. religiously, and it seems like you've changed his routine a little bit, and it's been reflective in his shooting. His outside shooting seems to improve. Uh, What's behind those particular workouts? Well, the workouts um, really is to get him used to the physicality of the game and to be able to create space. I think early on in the season, Guys were really, and it's tough to say this now after the game he had last night with, you know, Al Hoffman was really physical with him and it bothered him a little bit. But we understand that in order for him to reach his potential, he has to be able to create space. You know, he's slight of build right now. We know he'll put more more weight on, muscle weight on as time goes on. But right now, he got to use his footwork to create space and to be able to get his shots off. Okay. And we know that he's a, a guy that has to be a, you know, a, a good scorer for us in order for us to be successful. So, me changing his routine was for him to be able to create space and get his, get his shot off, you know, to help us on the offensive end. Again, we're talking with Greg Buckner, Cavalier assistant coach, as he's on that bench with the head guy, J.B. Bickerstaff, along with Antonio Lang and several others who make up the Cavalier coaching staff. And, Buck, I want to ask you about this season overall. Uh, boy, this Cavs team, as J.B. likes to say, has a lot of grit and a lot of fight. Uh, nine and six going into tomorrow night's game against the Nets. Uh, boy, when you look at it overall in the big picture, uh, what has stood out for you about this team? Uh, selflessness. Uh, I think all of these guys are understanding that, you know, we have to do it together. Coach said this in the, in the, the beginning of the season, meeting team meeting before we even stepped on the court. It's like, we, we don't have the, the best group of guys for us, name recognition by guys, by NBA standards, but we got to be the best team. And, you know, how you become the best team is everybody. Uh, he defined it, everybody's roles, and you be the best at your role. If you do those things, we got a chance to win games, and I think we came out early in the season and surprised a lot of teams. Uh, I think teams thought, took us for granted, thought we were going to be the Cavs of the last few years, and these guys are different different players and have – you know, different ideas about winning and and about going, and, and they have different ways about going about winning, and they bought in the coach's system, and that's what's helping us out. And 
you know, hopefully we can continue to get healthy. You know, if we get healthy, we think we could play with anybody in this league and beat them, to be honest with you. I agree with you, Coach. Uh, let's talk a little bit about the Rubio effect. Mm. Talk mm-hmm. about Rubio a little bit. Well, we knew, uh, you know, Rubio was kind of shocked, I think, when he got traded to us. And I think he thought this was a difficult situation, uh, one of those situations where, you know, you're still trying to rebuild and you're not trying to win. And we had to sell him, you know, to come back and play. And, and Coach did an excellent – Coach and Kobe did an excellent job on that. And he came in here at training camp and said, you know what, we do got a good team. We do got a chance to be really good. And, and he has taken on that leadership role. He's a quiet leader. But these guys respect him, what he's done in the league, and they listen to him. Uh, he sees the floor extremely well. He figures out how to get other guys involved and get himself going when it's needed. And then he's been really a pleasant surprise on the defensive end. Just like, you know, Coach likes to use that term, grown-up. He is a grown-up on the basketball court, and that's what we needed, and he's providing that for us. And I would think, Greg, that every team needs that veteran presence Uh especially a young group of guys like the Cavaliers had. Somebody have, somebody has to show them and kind of demonstrate to them what it takes to get to the next level in the NBA. Absolutely. I mean, I think you saw Phoenix last year. You know, you had Chris Paul to that mix, and now they're a finals team. I mean, you can even say that a little bit about Milwaukee. You know, they added Drew Holiday, who's a grown-up on both sides of the basketball. He really uh, changed that, that the team's identity on both sides of the basketball. So, you, you know, Final Four teams, all those teams are older veteran teams with, with quote-unquote grown-ups on there. And it's very tough and very rare to do a team full of young kids go out there and be successful in the NBA. They just got to take their lumps. That's just part of the process. So as many grown-ups as you can get around young, talented kids to help them become professionals, true professionals, and do things the right, do things the right way, it only, you know, speeds up your growth, speeds up your development, and, and speeds up uh, your chances of winning ball games. Again, we're talking with Cavaliers assistant coach Greg Buckner as he joins us here on Cavs HQ, presented by Betway. And, Coach, you've worked with JB prior to here in Cleveland. Of course, you were with him in Houston and Memphis. Uh, How have you seen JB evolve, or is he the same coach that he was with the Rockets and the Grizzlies? Well, JB actually coached me in Minnesota. (laughs) So, so I've seen him, you know, when he was a young whippersnapper as an assistant coach. And, uh, and so I've been around him a long time. So it, it'd be, I'd be a fool to say he hasn't changed because we all change with time and experience. And uh, he kind of got thrown into the fire unexpectedly in Houston with James and Dwight, two, you know, major superstars that maybe didn't get along. And so he had to, you know, deal with that dynamic. And, and that was rough, you know, coming off the Western Conference Finals, getting fired. Coach McHale, who was one of his good friends, you know, people he enjoyed, a person he enjoyed with, who he enjoyed working for and with. Uh, so that was tough. Then we get to Memphis, and, you know, you know, they want to do things a different way from what he wanted to do, and, and it kind of caught him by surprise again. And, and then he gets a situation here in Cleveland, and, you know, Kobe's giving him a, a fantastic roster uh, to, to play with and to coach coach. And, and it makes for a guy who has experience now, who knows himself, knows what he want to do on it when it comes to coaching. And these guys are bought in. He's really a good leader. People love being around him. The players love co- uh, playing for him. So uh, really good situation. And he's, he's changed a bit, and I think it's only because of experience, and now he has a roster that uh, can actually win games for him. All right, Coach, before we let you go, I got a fun question for you here just to kind of close things out. So the Cavs assistant coaches, Sidney Lowe, NC State, 
Antonio mm-hmm. Lang, Duke. You're a Clemson guy. I mean, how much ACC trash talking is going on between the three of you? I mean, it's an ACC laden <laughs> assistant coaching staff. Yeah, well, I'm a, I'm a disappointment with that. We are so focused on trying to win ball games <laughs> <laughs> that we forget what school we go to at times. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I know obviously, you know, both of those guys got a leg up on me. They both won national championships. Tone has a leg up on Sid because he won two. Um, but we all know, and, and you guys know, that ACC is, is the king of hoops. Um, <laughs> so we, we, we are teammates, and we gang up on everybody else that's not uh, part of the ACC family. <laughs> there you go. What happened to Clemson football this year, though, Coach? Huh? I, I mean, uh, you know, and, and you win ball games in football in the trenches, right? Your offensive line and your defensive line. And right now, our offensive line has struggled. Uh, I'm, I, I got nothing but great faith in Coach Dabo. He would t- turn it around, and, and we'll be right back in the mix. It's funny. I mean, we're 8-3, we're, we're and, and, you know, it's been a letdown. It's just, you know, the, the past few years of how good they've been, uh, people think it's been a letdown. But sometimes you're going to lose three games, and, and we'll live with that, and we'll bounce back and win another national championship or two, and everybody will be hating us again. <laughs> it, does show you, it does show you how high that bar is. It really does. It shows you how high the bar is. All right, Coach, we appreciate you spending a few moments with us. Again, we'll see you on the the hardwood tomorrow night in Brooklyn. We appreciate it. I appreciate you having me. It was fun. Thanks, Thanks, guys. Thanks, Greg. Greg Buckner, Cavaliers, Cavaliers assistant coach, joining us on Cavs HQ, presented by Betway, coming back after this on the Cavaliers Radio Network. On November 9th, Isaac Kokoro, head coach J.B. Bickerstaff, and Cavs coaches and staff came together with the Greater Cleveland Food Bank to help distribute nourishing food to hundreds of families during a fall drive through event. Cavs mascot, Sir Cece, was on hand to help welcome in the families as well. In addition to a shelf-stable box of dry goods and a box of fresh produce, each family also received a Cavs swag bag. Cavs in the Community is brought to you by Discount Drug Mart. We'll be back with more Cavs HQ presented by Betway after this on the Cavaliers Radio Network. Milking the clock, gives to Durant, draws a double, out to James. Deep three, straight on, good! James Harden delivers the knockout. Gets it into Mills. Played by Herder at midcourt, drives past him right, hands back Durant, right wing three, good! He rattles it in! Time to shoot for Brooklyn, Harden. Probing, step back, straight on three. Gone again for Harden, and he got fouled. Durant driving it right, step through, leaner in traffic. It's good for KD. He's got 31. We welcome you back, Cavs HQ, presented by Betway on the Cavaliers Radio Network. Tim Elkhorn, along with Jim Jones, of course, doing a great job on the other side of the window. The dynamic duo of Marty Allen and Kurt McLaughlin putting together that Highlight reel, per se, of one Chris Carino. Yes, he's the radio play-by-play voice of the Brooklyn Nets. And with the Cavs in Brooklyn tomorrow night to take on the Nets, we thought it would be great to have Chris stop by and talk a little about a little bit about this basketball team that the Cavaliers will be facing on Wednesday. Chris, welcome aboard. We're thrilled to have you. I am always thrilled to talk to you guys. And make no mistake, that is not a Chris Carino highlight reel. That is a... James Harden, Kevin Durant highlight <laughs> reel. They make any play-by-play guy sound better. 
Well, Chris, it, uh, it certainly has been an interesting year in Brooklyn, and of course, uh, a lot of headlines and a lot of drama. How is this team working through all of that? You know, it's funny because people around the country, I think, outside of that locker room and that in the, in the organization, will say there's a lot of drama. There really isn't a lot of drama. There was drama around one issue, and it and, and Kyrie Irving not playing. Other than that, I mean, I, I think it, it's been drama-free. It's a, it's a good group. There's great chemistry right now. They're, they've, they've had a lot of new faces early on that they had to get used to playing with one another and figure out the rotations and how they wanted to play. But they're starting to roll, and they just got off a six-game road trip where they played you know, really well, and Durant's played at an MVP level. Harden's starting to figure out a little bit with the, the way they're officiating them, and you know, it's a team that amazingly, with, with all the hype and all the talent, they've, they've developed sort of a, a, an underdog mentality. Hmm. And, uh, and I think you're starting to see they're, they're catching their stride right now. You know what, Chris? It seems like uh, they changed their profile of what kind of team they wanted to be just a little bit. It seems like when you added Aldridge and Paul Millsap and Patty Mills, that's pretty strong. I mean, you got veteran experience. All of those guys have playoff experience. Yeah. It just seems to upgrade your uh, roster. You know, Jim, it's funny because, you know, Aldridge right now could be a six-man-of-the-year candidate. And you don't think of old-school back-to-the-basket centers or, you know, a guy right. like Aldridge who's great in the mid-range. You know, you think of six men. You think of guards who, you know, give you a boost of energy and you know, the microwave kind of thing, you know, and what's been happening is they bring Harden, you know, they go to the bench when Harden and Durant get a breather and they play offensively through Aldridge and he's just so steady. You know, he, he, he's got that steady mid-range game. You, you give it to him, he's going to score. Yep. And it keeps them, it keeps them not only afloat, they've been increasing their leads sometimes when the second units are going together. Patty Mills is another guy. You bring him in. Now, he's been a little streaky in terms of, you know, some games he'll come in and make seven out of seven, and then, you know, he'll go 0 for 6. But for the most part, he's mm. been really good. And the thing that they've changed as well, you, you mentioned the veterans, and they do have a lot of veteran guys on this team. I think the big change has been a mindset where last year they were just going to outscore you. And they didn't have a lot of interest in playing defense. This year, they have a defensive mindset. I mean, they've already held, I think, six opponents under 100 points. Their mentality is to come out and defend you. And I think a little bit of that had to do with not having Kyrie Irving there. I think not having Kyrie, they realized that, you know, we're not going to be able to just outslug teams on a lot of nights. We've got to come with a more defensive mentality. Some of it's also had to do with, some of the other players they brought in this year, like, you know, Bruce Brown last year became a starter, and he's still in there, and he's got that defensive mindset. But guys like DeAndre Bembry and Javon Carter. That's right. And you mentioned right. Aldridge. Even when Aldridge is in there and Millsap when he's in there, these are defensive-minded players. And, and I'll give you the one guy who's really embraced it, and a guy you never thought of when he first got into the league. But Blake Griffin has – emerged as the leader of the blue-collar boys that they call themselves. Oh, and, you know, okay. Blake, Blake leads the NBA in charges taken. He's taken nine already. 
And whenever he takes one, he, he, he feigns putting on this, he, he mocks putting on this hard hat and, and then does the steel tip boots. And, he, you know, Joe Harris and him started the blue collar boys. And then they inducted uh, Patty Mills and they joked that Kevin Durant took a couple of charges. So he's applying for membership into the blue collar boys. So, you know, when you can have guys rally around and embrace something like that, you know, it's not something goofy like the three goggles or the ice in the veins. No, it's right. hard hats and steel tip boots. I mean, as a coach, you you love that they're all that they're all rallying around that kind of mentality. Oh, that's awesome! It's interesting you say that, Chris, because we've got a cut here from Nets head coach Steve Nash talking about how he feels the Nets need to play. We have to play together at both ends. You know, we have to be an underdog defensively every night. Be very diligent with our schemes and game plan and connectivity down there. And then offensively, you know, trying to form an identity by playing fast, playing early, getting to the second side when they take away our first action. And, you know, uh, still got a long way to go at both ends of the floor, but I think we're, we're showing signs of improvement and moving in the right direction. I think the guys feel positive about how they're playing and the direction they're going in. So we got to just keep building. Yeah, Chris, your reaction to what you just heard from Steve Nash right there. Yeah, I mean, I talk to Steve every game, and, uh, you know, we, we, we do an interview before every game for our pregame show, and, you know, he's been stressing that all year long. And I asked him the other day, I said, you guys were overwhelming favorites to win a championship. How do you instill an underdog mentality? And, you know, you heard him he even use the word underdog there. Yep. And, he, you know, he mentioned that when Kyrie Irving went out, they had to kind of change their team, and they had to change their mentality. And no one in that locker room thinks that they're the – the, the odds-on favorite to win an NBA championship. They know they have to go out and work for it. And, you know, Steve, I thought a real turning point last year, it was about February of last year. They had the talent, they'd made the Harden deal, but, you know, it was a weird year with COVID and guys sitting out a lot of games. But they, get, they got destroyed one night by the Pistons in Detroit. And afterwards, he just said, God, you know, he told his team, this can't be fun. Like, part of Part of going after a championship is, is competing and competing at a high level. And when you're not working hard and you're not competing and you think you can go through the motions and just go in your talent and win a game, that's not fun. You know, like, mm-hmm. you go out, let's go out and have fun and compete. That's why we all got into this game. And, you know, Steve has the perfect mentality. And when it, he doesn't, never gets too high or too low. He's great to deal with superstar athletes, especially guys like Harden and Durant and, um, you know, I think he's starting to learn uh, how to be a coach in the NBA, and it's it's really you're starting to slowly. It, it was almost good, you know. Last year they they just destroyed a couple of teams to start the season, and everybody went, "Wow, they're wow, super team! Look at that!" And then it started to erode a little bit. You didn't notice that they just didn't defend, they didn't play with passion on a lot of nights, and, and play as hard as they could. And, and then all of a sudden they went into a real a slump during the middle of the year. This year they got out to a little bit of a sluggish start, and I think it was almost good for them in a way. You know, hey, we, you guys got to know that you've got to compete relentlessly in order to win a championship. And I think they're starting to do that right now. And I think all those things that Steve says, you know, Steve never gets like, you notice he could have, they could play the perfect game and he's still saying, yeah, we got to, we got to swing it side to side and we got to be more cohesive defensively. <laughs> yeah. So it's, it's, he's, he's done well and the team's starting to hit stride and we'll see what's happening when we come back and, uh, you know, they got the Warriors as we speak and then, uh, then the Cavs tomorrow night. Yep. 
But that point guard mentality with Steve Nash, that's awesome. All right, we're going to take a quick time out. Again, this is great conversation. Chris Carino, the radio voice of the Brooklyn Nets, joining us. Of course, the Cavs and the Nets tomorrow night. So we'll talk more basketball and certainly uh, a very, very humbling part of Chris Carino's career. That and more after this on Cavs HQ, presented by Betway on the Cavaliers Radio Network. Cavs HQ, presented by Betway on the Cavaliers Radio Network. We welcome you back, Tim Elkhorn, along with Jim Jones, having a terrific conversation with Chris Carino, the radio play-by-play voice of the Brooklyn Nets, Cavs and Nets, tomorrow night for the first time this season. Chris, I mentioned before the break, uh, we wanted to talk to you about an aspect of your career that uh, I just find amazing. I get goosebumps as I start to get into this segment. Uh, Back in college, uh, you were diagnosed with muscular dystrophy, and it has presented challenges to you that you certainly have overcome and yet battled with. Uh, you've established a foundation in regards to muscular dystrophy, but for Cavs fans and listeners who aren't aware of this in your background, uh, share your story if you could. Well, thanks, Tim. Um, it, it's it's a story that I, for some reason or another, was never willing to share up until about 10 years ago. And I think that's a big part of the message as well. I started noticing something was going on with me in college. I was diagnosed just out of college at a time when anybody in this business is that we're in, which is such a highly competitive business and a difficult business to break into when you've got all the, the pressures of that. And, and then to be diagnosed with a, a muscle wasting disease that, you know, affects all of my skeletal muscles, especially the, my upper limbs. Mm. Um, and it's, it's progressive and there's no cure and there's no treatment. So it was about 2011. I was still really hiding it from people. And, and my wife, Laura said to me, you know, you can't hide this anymore. You have to acknowledge what's going on. And, and I knew that there was nothing that I can do for myself physically. So we started looking to see if we can raise some money and what we can do to help contribute to trying to find a treatment and a cure. And we've raised over a million dollars and uh, all of it goes to, to FSHD research. FSHD is the type of muscular dystrophy and there've been some huge breakthroughs and, you know, there was, there've been some clinical trials lately on some drugs that maybe can help. And we hope that the next generation of, of people diagnosed with FSHD will have a treatment and a cure. And, yeah, I think that's part of it. And the other part, the, the message that I have to people is that, you know, when you face really diff- difficult challenges in your life, you can get by with, you mentioned the, the word humble going to break. You know, a lot of people use mm-hmm. um, the word humble. They, they, they're they humbled when they win an award or, you know, somebody wins an Oscar. They get up there and they go, I'm so humble. That. To me, that's not, maybe it's semantics, but that's not humbling. It, humbling is when you, you can't get out of a chair by yourself. Or if you try walking and you fall down in front of a group of people. I mean, that's humbling. You know, when you need your teenage son to, you know, help you get off the ground because you fell in the house or something, that's humbling. That reminds you that... Um, whatever you think you're doing, that you're so great, uh, the world has a way of knocking you down. 
but you're not judged by that moment. That is something that is happening to you that you have no control over. What you have control over is how you're going to respond to it. How are you going to get up? How are you going to keep going? And I think you have to humble yourself to ask for help, to be vulnerable, to show yourself in the world for who you are. I, for years, was trying to outrun the diagnosis that I might be using a wheelchair or a mobility device one day. I always thought that would be the end of my life. And then when you get there um, and you realize that it's there for your own good, it's there to help you not, it's not there to keep you out of the world. It's there to help you um, be part of the world. And that kind of humbling experience will bring out the best in you. So anybody out there who's going through difficult challenges in their life, um, know that what you may have feared the most might actually be the best thing that could happen to you. And it will show you things that, and, and life may be different than the way you wanted it to be, but it certainly can be fulfilling. And, you know, I, I have achieved all the things I wanted to achieve in my life. And I do it because I have great friends and family and people there that love me and support me. And I think you also do it by being the kind of person that you would want to help. You know, you need help in life. Be the kind of person that you would want to help. And you'll find that you have the help that you need. You know, guys, I mean, I did an event last night for the Nets where I was hosting a panel um, with Buck Williams and Kenny Anderson and Kerry Kittles and Bruce Brown was there. And, and I'm thinking to myself, man, I get to, I get to meet all the – my heroes growing up, guys I admired as athletes, you know, being such a sports fan when I was a kid. And here I am now, uh, and I know all these guys, and I'm friends with all these guys. And I was up in front of, you know, a few hundred people, and I was using my wheelchair. Ooh. And, you know, five years ago, I would have been so embarrassed for some reason, and there's nothing to be embarrassed about. In fact, I was so much more relaxed because I wasn't worrying about hiding it from anybody. I wasn't worried about how am I going to get up on the stage? How am I going to get on and off the stool? Like I'm going to need to ask somebody for help. No, I was able to mingle and talk and realize that nobody cares that you're using a mobility device or a wheelchair. It's not who you are. Who you are is who is the person that you are. And it's, it's, been something that has helped me enjoy my life a little more. Yeah, logistically, it's a problem. It's an issue logistically. It gives you a lot more things to worry about. But, you know, I think everybody's just got to embrace what it is that the challenges they face and, and fight to overcome them. And I hope that not only do we find a cure one day with the Chris Carino Foundation for FSHD, but that that message of what I'm talking about gets to people in, in any walk of life and anything they may be facing. By the way, I do want to give the uh, web address on that. It's uh, chriscarinofoundation.org. Again, chriscarinofoundation.org. Wow. Chris, uh, I thank you. I thank you for sharing your story. Uh, an extraordinary message and uh, powerful. So I'm not, I'm not embarrassed to say I'm sitting here and I've got a couple of tears rolling down my cheek. It's emotional 
and uh, it's just amazing. So we thank you for sharing that with us, and we thank you for coming on Cavs HQ. Boy, I wish we had 10 more minutes to chat with you, but this was amazing. And uh, I have to get in. Uh, I just want to, you know, your courage. uh, I understand. Uh, My sister-in-law has MS, and uh, the courage that she shows and the courage you show is an inspiration to me. Mm Mm-hmm. And uh, no, I appreciate every time that, I see you, you know, we always talk, you know, mm-hmm. in your dignity and the way you carry yourself, you know, uh, it's an inspiration. It really is. And uh, hopefully we can help spread that story because that was a great story. Boy, amazing. I appreciate that, Jim. Thank you, guys. Chris, we'll see you tomorrow night. We'll see you at the Barclays Center. I look forward to seeing you guys in person. Yes. <laughs> yes. It's been a while. So we look forward to it as <laughs> yes, well. It Thank you All so right, much for coming time. on, Chris. Okay. Chris Carino, the radio play-by-play voice of the Brooklyn Nets. Boy, that was extraordinary. We'll take a timeout. More to come on Cavs HQ, presented by Betway on the Cavaliers Radio Network. Well, that's going to do it for this week's edition of Cavs HQ, presented by Betway. Again, a huge thanks to Chris Carino. Boy, Jim, how extraordinary was that story and that message from Chris Carino, the radio voice of the Nets? Inspirational, Tim. Yes. You know, as I mentioned at the end, you know, we have that same episode in our family uh, with MS, and uh, it is a struggle. It's a tremendous uh, life-altering situation. And the support that my sister-in-law is getting and the support that he's getting is so fundamental. Uh, to dealing with it and uh and you know we've known chris a while now and he's just a great guy he's a fighter god bless him yeah god bless him that's that's a great way to end it and of course uh thanks to cavaliers assistant coach greg buckner for joining us huge thanks to the two guys on the other side of the window the dynamic duo of kurt mclaughlin and marty allen biggest thanks goes to you the listeners don't forget Cavs basketball this week continues tomorrow night. The Cavs will be in Brooklyn to take on the net. 7.30 tip-off. Huntington tip-off show will come your way at 7 o'clock, and then we'll head right back home. The Cavs in Golden State Thursday night here at Rocket Mortgage Fieldhouse. So Jim Jones and I will be back in the Joe Tate Perch on Thursday. So until then, Tim Elkhorn saying thank you very much for listening, and so long, everybody. Everybody.